Okay, very good day to all of you listeners out there and welcome back to a new season six of Simon Says. And joining me today is Lyra. Hi. And we want to discuss all things related to freedom, self-determination, the right to pursue happiness. Now, remember the last season we finished off with revelation from the released Twitter files, right? And basically, now if you miss those episodes, it'll be really, really good to just watch it over because we delve into two major issues. The first one is really the relentless government censorship and really in the shaping of a particular point of view, you know, especially with their propaganda and, you know, how they want people to think. And secondly, how this censorship really control and fully manifested in the COVID management, mismanagement, I should be saying, and all the subsequent errors. And we have talked many, many times already how the big tech came in, they need to censor because they need to cover up mistakes after mistakes. Now, Lyra, if you keep changing the goalposts, that's what we've been saying, right? All the time. If you keep changing, if you keep coming out with a new lie to cover a previous lie, eventually the house of cards must fall. Yeah, surely. But it's just interesting though, because I mean, despite what has happened over the last two years, you'll be you'd be thinking that a lot of people are just starting to see through mm-hmm. all this house of cards, all these lies. Yep. But then there's still a whole group of people who are just super compliant. Yeah, well, and I think, and later we're going to talk about that because we, we do have low information audience out there. Now, when I say low information, I don't mean by less smart, less educated, less informed, but there are just people who are not, interested in the new cycle like you and me you know every day we are into the new cycle and just coming out with new analysis and things like that so so i guess a lot of people are still like maybe i'm going to see what the tv is saying i'm going to read the mainstream media do you think there are still a lot of these people especially here in malaysia yeah i think so maybe quite a lot of people are still reading into certain propaganda that are being spread by twitter or or suppressed by Twitter for that matter, mm-hmm. or even like Facebook, whatever that is being forwarded, you don't verify it. So I guess people don't really have that sort of habit to fact check certain things. And, and here in Malaysia, people do have the habit of forwarding. <laughs> I forwarded mean, many times. Forwarded and you know, I don't respond at all. And I think after a while, people stop forwarding because some of the news are just complete trash. And even in the last election cycle, we have rumors of this and that. But I do find maybe it has reduced a little bit, do you think? Yeah, maybe indeed. I mean, because there were just a lot of things that were just flying around. I guess people were just a little bit fed up with forwarded messages. And you don't know, you can no longer tell truth Mm -hmm. from maybe slight truth or fake news. So I think it was you who say that, look, maybe now we have an opportunity to... Uh, I think that episode we, we launched here around where we say there is now an opportunity to kind of redefine media like how 10, 15 years ago, 308 in Malaysia, we have the alternative media, we have Malaysia Guinea kind of creating a, a new wave and, and now maybe there's an opportunity to do that and that's why in this episode we want to talk about citizen journalism. But first, let's look at a sub-stack okay, of an author known as Vigilant Fox. And I think it's, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see just the page. And later, we're going to look at some of the content and video. 
But Substack, just for the information and benefit of all the listeners and viewers, is a relatively new publishing platform where anyone could publish. And I think, Lara, you are somewhat interested in this, right? Yes, and that's one of my New Year resolution. So, so it's like, instead of blogging, maybe just publish something here? Yep. I think it's, um, yeah, because after seeing this, I'm just mind blown by the fact mm. that they were able to just compile, I mean, talking about just a normal average citizen yep. like you and I, they can just sort of compile everything and then publish it. Mm. But of course, maybe some polishing is needed in terms of like uh, like resourcing or referencing mm. certain things. Yeah, so on Substack, you can publish free articles. You can also set up a paywall where people will have to pay or, or they call it contribution to read some of the article that you have put in a lot more efforts, you know, yep. maybe a 5,000 would essay that you have put in 10, 20, 30 hours of research. And now it is an increasingly popular platform, especially for those who are being censored. And you do have pretty high profile, famous users like Matt Taibbi, formerly of Rolling Stones. Now he, he really became even more prominent because Elon Musk literally handed him the Twitter file. Yep. And then you have people like Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA, of course, when he started to come out and questioned the vaccine efficacy, he was banned from Twitter, he was banned from YouTube, and all of a sudden he was publishing very long technical article on Substack. I mean, Robert Malone, go and read him if you are into the nitty-gritty technical, the scientist type of, of article. Then, of course, you know, some people call him the chief dissenter of COVID policies. <laughs> now, coming back to Vigilant Thoughts, I think you have seen the, the, the website. Self-described as citizen journalists with 12 years of healthcare experience. So, it's like when we talk about citizen journalism, obviously, you have to have some background, right? Yep. I, I mean, you come from construction background, I come from legal backgrounds. Uh, government policy, you know, so so we, we, we do have some experience to talk about what we say on Simon Says. It's not like we are totally ignorant. So you need to have some of that. But of course, there's no named, no face, but loads of interesting, very substantiated. And I would say, I mean, in fact, I just came across him like one or two months ago. I, I, I would say credible presentation. Would you agree? Yeah, indeed. I mean, because we have been following the alternative media, mm -hmm. we would know that some of these are really the truth that has yep. not been published in any form of mainstream media or legacy media for that matter. Yeah, so it's like when people don't want to publish it, someone has to take the mantle and say, I'm going to do it. And on his, uh, on his page, and I think he also mentioned it in his various social media hand handler. He further stated, after being deeply disturbed by COVID measures, mandates, and medical discrimination, he has dedicated his free time, so this is not even his full-time thing, okay, an effort to making short, informative clips. And very often, his clips are just two or three minutes, but we're going to show uh, a slightly longer one in part two of today's show. Yep. And featuring top doctors, scientists, thought leaders from around the world. Now, those of you who remember the episode we did, the, the round table with Fauci, he was one of the few people who did a live stream and, and really gave a very comprehensive reporting because he, he has been in a know-how, okay? Now, another very interesting tagline that he put in his sub stack and social media is this, and 
and this is going to be the, the anchor thought for today's show. There is no tyranny without compliance. And it, it's just like, I, I just find such an interesting statement because, I, I mean, of course, we talk about people who are still like, whatever, whatever, don't care. But for those people who kind of, do, do you sense there is a shift in sentiment? I mean, maybe not the majority, but there are some people who be like, oh, why did I even take the vaccine and things like that? Even in Malaysia, you, you do get that. And, but then this statement basically is like, you can blame the big pharma, you can blame the politicians, you can say, oh, the vendors, manufacturer, they have the link, they have business interests, you can blame all of them. But ultimately, each person needs to be accountable for their own actions. Don't you agree? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I have had some friends who are genuinely now concerned about the side effects of mm -hmm. the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it really just goes to show that a lot of people don't really know about the benefits of mm -hmm. taking vaccine or actually what are the side effects because there were just too little the information that was being given. There's just a lot of pressure that is being issued by the health ministry and then you must get vaccinated or else. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the episode with Dr. Roland Victor and he was actually being investigated by you know some authority because essentially now i don't know how many of you when you take the vaccine do you remember the documentations that you sign basically waiver but yep. the waiver is much much longer than what they ask you to sign they ask you to sign a two-page thing but then there is a reference to my sejahtera and say go there and read I wonder how many people actually read it. Yeah, so, so Dr. Roland went there and found out nothing was there. So he was demanding that the, the Ministry of Health disclose the full risk before you get people to, to sign all the way. But I think that's just a prudent thing to do. And because of that, they are not happy. So you can see the authority wanted to hide something. And, and nowadays, you have been hearing a lot of people with just heart failure and athletes collapsing, just a very high profile American football guy, you know, in, in ICU. Now he has awakened, but many people say his career is over. He, he can never play professional sports again. So this sort of thing, I mean, at some point, and we're going to do an episode on this because I really feel that when, when the evidence come back in such a torrent, someone will have to be held accountable. It, it will not stop forever. So anyway, because of this, let's talk about Vigilant Fox because he said he is a citizen journalist. And now I want to begin with this because, you know, being a citizen journalist, no name, uh, no face even for <laughs> him. And I kind of remember, you know, one of my favorite Star Wars uh, YouTube channel, you know, you know, Star Wars is such a famous uh, non-fiction, not a uh, fiction, uh, you know, it's just a fantasy world with, with so many contributors. And, and there's this guy, you know, he, he's quite well known and he's called Star Wars Theory. He came out with all the theory and for years, you can't even see his face, just his voice. Then one day he said, okay, I'm going to do a face review. <laughs> so he did a face review and that was like maybe five years ago. So up to today, nobody knew his name. So people still call him a uh, theory. What, what are you saying? <laughs> you know, they call him theory. So it's like, now what I'm trying to say is that you, you do have a lot of YouTuber, influencer in this category. So it is legitimate. But 
Forbes magazine on 26th of November 2022 wrote an article called Claims that RSV, talking about respiratory syn syndrome, due to COVID-19 vaccines take clinical trial data out of context. Basically, they were attacking Vigilant Forbes. Yep. And now he, he replied and he refuted line by line. If you're interested, go to his substack and you can see who has the brain and who doesn't have. But predictably, no official reply, no discussion, no discourse. Be because the whole thing with COVID is this, that you, you get one side who say, this is science, this is the law, my way or the highway. And I, I think Fox just have that kind of mindset. We are the media, we are the truth. Yep. And we have monopoly over science. I mean, they won't say that, but the way they behave. And it's interesting because I think the general rule, and it may sound a bit sarcastic, if the mainstream media goes against you, then you are probably on the right track. Yep. So, so that's what we were telling uh, Dr. Roland, right? I mean, I mean, the authority was going after you. That means you are on the right track. You, you sort of hit the nerve, you know, and because you are causing a challenge or dissent to the, to the official, to the establishment narrative. Yeah, I mean, that just sort of remind me of the very initial protests that we see in France. Mm -hmm. Very, very early on, and the moment they show that sort of protest against yep. vaccine mandate, and then you begin to see that President Macron, he was just being so... He, he just literally just said that we're going to make your life so yep. miserable that you are going to regret not taking vaccine at all. So I guess that really just goes to show that you are on the right track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember the, the mandate against uh, eating in a restaurant. So they just said, okay, we just had picnic outside the restaurant. Remember those yep. early days? So it, it's interesting because we look at technology. We have discussed a lot how the big tech can suppress, you know, the, you know in the past, internet suppression it is unheard of. You know, I, I study information technology at, at the right at the beginning of internet and at that time, people like Bill Gates, Google, they all say, oh, we are for the freedom of information highway. And then they will say, look, China is a great war, but today they are colluding. Yep. But then that's the thing. Technology works both ways. You know, the big tech has a two resources to censor people, but the grassroots can also use the same tool. Now people can do self-publishing. That's why you have Substack, video production. Cannot go to YouTube, we have Rumble. Cannot yep. go to Twitter, we have Getter. And then, of course, with, with COVID, live streaming, which essentially is broadcasting. I mean, you think about broadcasting just five years ago. How could anyone do broadcasting? And we are doing that now. We are, we are doing live streaming mm. with tools and gadgets. <laughs> you know, our tech team has to Google from time to time. It's just basically DIY beginning to the end. Yep. So it, it is an interesting development because... it. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, yes, you go against Apple, against against Google, Silicon Valley is very, very difficult. But at the same time, I think citizen journalism is all about being creative, being innovative. Now, there are some issues, of course, every time you hear the, the word citizen journalism and, you know, you get some words. And I want, Alara, I want you, to, you to respond to some of these things, okay? Because in a way, what we're doing is similar, right? Yep. And, and people will be like, okay, you're not qualified. I mean, you're in construction line. Why are you talking about government? So, so, so what's your response? 
Well, I mean, we do deal with certain government policies. <laughs> okay. I mean, seriously. I mean, just, but of course, it's obviously more geared towards construction industry. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we are ignorant of the whole thing. Yep, I mean, yep. I guess every citizen, you could just basically just do a bit more research. Yep. I mean, internet is just out there. You can just do a little bit of research and then you begin to find that actually a lot of things. Because earlier on, mm. I was just questioning and just checking with my human resources department yep. and just asking them, look, what does the government actually talk about COVID quarantine, mm. if any at all, you know? Yep, yep. Because you, on certain days, you go into the office and suddenly you begin to see a lot of people falling sick and these are the people who have been vaccinated and boosted and then they are falling sick over and over again. And then you will be just wondering, but who accounts for the mm-hmm. productivity? I mean, all these things are cost to the company. So that's all the things, I guess, that just sort of caused me to begin to do a bit more research. I mean, yep, re- yep. a little bit of research, I don't think people can technically call you <laughs> qualified. Now, it's very interesting because you have that experience. Uh, Lanshi had that experience. I, I have that experience. But obviously, I, I'm the legal advisor for my company. So they do, you know, we do look, look at it from the legal point of view. But those days, you know, what, what do you do if you have a positive result? and all kind of things. And I remember we always say, look, you, you want to play by the rules. Let's be legalistic about it. Let's yeah, follow totally. it. And so after a while, I think after quite a while, then, you know, right thinking companies start to say, hey, we are wasting resources, you know, things like that. And and some will be like, okay, you just rest at home. Don't don't report in your mind, Sajatra, because... You remember the earliest days, the whole premise will be shut down. You can't do business. They will come and do all kind of sanitization. So it's just so ridiculous. So so kind of cause people to to use their brain. Yeah, I mean, where it hurts the money. <laughs> yeah, and we, we, we say about that earlier on, but seems like some people are not bothered by the financial loss, you know? And that surprised me a little bit. For the greater good. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that, that's why it seems like the, the self-righteousness is stronger than the desire to have profit for some people, uh, not all. I guess that's where we begin to see that there's a lot of mind viruses that are going mm. on. Yeah, it, it, I think it's more prevalent maybe with the professional, maybe with the wage earner, maybe with the, the, the health community, I would say. Yeah. But the businessman, the SME, SMI, I can really see a shift already because I just concluded a deal. And now, of course, you know what's happening is China is opening up. China is... <laughs> some, one report even say they are trying to do herd immunity. <laughs> it's like, okay, you are a bit... You are two years back. But anyway, people are anticipating influx of Chinese tourists. So a few businessmen will be like, well, this is just a price we have to pay if we want to continue economic recovery. Very, very different mindset from two years ago. Let's sacrifice. Mm. Because I think some people did see that sacrifice did not pay off. Yep. And now, of course, coming back to this same question, you are not qualified. The, the reality is with the Twitter file exposure, many, many qualified people were censored, yep. such as the, the group that made the Great Barrington Declaration. They are, they are the experts in, in this area. So that's why one of the ways they try to stop you is they try to stonewall you. And I remember journalist uh, reporter was asking Fauci about the Great Barrington Declaration and he was like, I don't have time for that kind of thing. 
And, and Justin Trudeau, when people ask him, do you know about Robert Malone, the inventor of MRA? Nope. Nope. It, it's like, hear no evil, see no evil. You know that kind of mantra? Yep. The, the arrogance. Actually, I think about it, it's a mixture of arrogance and maybe stupidity. Yeah. They, they think they can fool everyone, but, no, but I tell you, eventually, they'll be fully exposed. So what about, okay, the next one, this, this one. You are not vetted. Nobody has checked on you. Like you know? checking. Yeah. So, so the establishment lingo, fact check. So I, I mean, the, the mainstream media has been doing fact check. And it's just a joke, okay? It's but what do, you think about, what do you think about fact check? I, I mean, before you, you mentioned this, one of the things about Twitter below, before Elon Musk, basically Twitter is what is known as echo chamber. That means you say whatever you think and then you get all oh, the supporters. Oh, Lyra, you are you're most correct. You're the most educated and things like that. So that's echo chamber. You just want to hear your own voice. And then, then because of that, you become unable to consider alternative point of view. I, I, I think we see a lot of this during the pandemic. Yeah, totally. I mean, talking about echo chamber, you, you just see that with a lot of mainstream media. Mm. You begin to just, if you just, switch on to another channel like Fox, CNN, or any other channel at all, BBC. Then you yep. begin to hear, eh, how come this reporter is saying this? And then the next reporter is also saying the same thing, like same jargon, same terminology, same phrase even. And then you begin to hear, like the longer you hear it, it's like, it's like <laughs> the whole thing is just on a replay. So you're not sure if you're actually listening to actual news yep. or not. Someone has prepared some notes and it's some almost script. like it's a mastermind kind of thing. And, and, and when you are unable to consider all points of view, I, I think that's really the definition of anti-science. Yep. Because science is all about, okay, you have a theory, prove it. So, so you know, Newton has a theory, Einstein has a theory, so they have to experiment and prove it. So, so that's the thing. Okay, let's go to the next one. You can't be trusted. Why? <laughs> you do not have years of track record. Well, I mean, <laughs> talking about the first point where you just basically see a lot of professionals that are being censored. So mm. what about those, you know? Like, what about those people who are very, very qualified and yet being mm. just basically all this are being censored? Yeah, yeah. And But you also have a same group of people who are very qualified, but then they are just all about suppression. Mm. If you are not for me, then you are against me. So that sort of things, I mean, just kind of like Democrats, right? You basically, yeah. if I can't, you, you can't talk good. If you can't praise me, then we'll just do all out to surprise you. Yeah, not even Democrat. It, it, it's also the establishment Republican. I was just thinking about Kevin McCartney yeah. because now we have the longest, most uh, kind of play out. Well, Elon it, Musk supported him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I won't trust Elon Musk with political commentary. But, but then again, I, I think... If you look at him, he's probably still more establishment yeah. than, than anything else. Yeah. But he's just uh, don't like what's happening with Twitter. But McCartney was like, you know, people are going against him. I mean, I'm talking about the 20 Republicans. And even, even opinion polls are showing that people are, are supporting this kind of discussion because he, he has a long track record of not for the people. Yep. So that's why track record doesn't mean nothing, okay? And, and and that's why you know we, we talk about how remember what you know talk about FDA and all those things the recommendations they put on the paper the paper is worth nothing basically so 
I, I think the mainstream media sort of have damaged themselves. So this, I, I don't think you can really sell. You can't be trusted because if you say citizen journalists can't be trusted, then even more so for you. Hmm, totally. Okay, the next one. I think we mentioned this a while back. You are not an expert. So a bit related to you are not qualified. But, but what, what do you make? I, I know you have said a few times already about the so-called experts' opinions. And, but during a pandemic, remember, we get all sorts of non-expert giving opinion on COVID, especially from the co- medical community. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the qualification mm. of those who are actually in a panel of pandemic management. They, they are not infectious disease experts, so-called. You know, they are like pediatricians, they are like brain surgeons, they are like pharmacists. But these people know nuts about pandemic management because it, pandemic management is about statistics, it's about wave, it's about probability. And it, it's different kind of disciplines. Yeah, I mean, it's just like if you have a heart issue, but you go to a GP and mm. to ask for advice, that's all. And then GP say, oh, this ABCD, then you just do ABCD. I mean, to be fair, there is a certain knowledge that they have, mm-hmm. but some things you just have to go to the specialist. Yep, yep. But the whole pandemic has just sort of like scrapped that whole thing away because you, we are actually being governed by a group of people who basically deny science. Yep, yep. If you talk about science, where's the proof? But you can't produce a proof. And you basically just begin to use brute force to cause people to comply to this whole yep. narrative. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned so many times already the changing of goalposts and just coming out with statements with very, very little scientific backing. So that, that has basically, you know, some, some of the people from the Great Barrington Declaration literally say, like, look, what, what the medical community has done, I mean, in a general collective sense, really push back medical advancement and freedom by at least 20, 30 years. And I can only hope that there will be more people who are awakened to see what's happening. But anyway, you know, to, to kind of wrap out the, you know, the concept of citizen journalism, it, it's really like they have a certain objective, they have a certain goal, and I, I think Project Veritas of America is one example, a whistleblower, hidden camera. Yep. And because if because that was what media was supposed to be, right? The fourth estate, bring balance uh, to, to, to the government. You know, I remember when I was young, you know, watching the movie, Robert Radford, the exposure of Watergate. Then you're like, oh, journalism is great. In fact, I, I, I almost did a law journalism double wow. degree. Yeah, I, I have interest in that because... I saw that it could be an honorable job, but today it's just it's just like a joke because they have become they have become the very thing they promised to expose. Mm. Now of course we are not saying that look, citizen journalism is the best, it's gold standard, far from that. But what we are trying to say is that given the history of dishonesty, and I think maybe we can just quickly remind people because some of you are really are they really that bad? Remember the Twitter files? The last two episodes, if you miss our, our, our discussion, go back. It's a, it's a quick summary, not very long, and you can quickly find out what happened with Twitter. Now, Twitter is not even the bigger big tech. You have Google, you have Facebook. And I tell you, when the Google and Facebook file come out, <laughs> it will be worse, especially Google, because it has such a direct impact over the way you find information. 
Then Elon Musk has promised Anthony Fauci files. I mean, could be dropped off Chinese New Year time when mm-hmm. you're having holiday one week or holiday, a nice reading because uh, I, I'm interested to see if any discussion on gain of function, any discussion. Yeah. And in fact, now it's coming up and, and say who influenced Fauci regarding the lockdown. It was one of his best friends who was so impressed with the China system. So it's not even his idea. So, so this kind of thing are coming out now because I can just see, look, when the implosion happens, they need a scapegoat. Totally. And I tell you, Anthony Fauci is going to be that scapegoat. 100%. The, the Democrats are going to drop him. Yep. So I think he, he needs to go Cayman Island or somewhere and just hide. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they're not going to persecute him and things like that. He will always say, look, I'm just following the science. Then, of course, Brexit, yep. Donald Trump election, you know how the entire polling system went berserk? Again and again, they say Donald Trump had less than 3%, 4%, and then when he became president, then I, I think some wrote thousands of words article trying to justify why their data modeling was not flawed. <laughs> Sounds a bit desperate, right? Yep. Then, of course, the last five years, you see a lot of opinion pieces. Now, what we do here really is opinion pieces. I mean, we don't hide the fact we have opinion, right? Yep, totally. And, and that's why we say, look, we have an opinion. We, we share our opinion. It is your right as a viewers and listeners to, to, to accept or reject. But I think our objective is really to cause you to, to go and research more, find out yep. the information for yourself. And, and that's okay. That's really the objective of opinion pieces. But the mainstream media sort of presented news as opinion pieces. So it's like, oh, this is the news, but actually full of opinion. I think this is really journalism at the highest dishonest level. And that's why, I mean, we're, we're outlining all these things to, to explain to you why there is a rise in citizen journalism. And then what else? Then woke, <laughs> W-O-K-E. I mean, I mean, woke is an opinion. I, I mean, I'm going to give it that. It is an opinion. You can have it. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. But don't make it as if it is a center of truth. It is not. So I think because the work has been pushed to the forefront, those people who disagree are censored. So they'll be like, okay, let's be... Yeah, I, I find it funny because uh, recently, I wasn't sure, I think it was you who actually forwarded the um, tweet. It was actually Greta Thunberg who basically sold enough ideas of people buying, like, come on, let's buy electric cars. That basically <laughs> got Elon Musk to where he is, powerful and rich enough to just <laughs> buy over Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's probably like her best contribution. Yeah, so so because of that now, of course, I think the jury is still out there with Musk. And, but what he did with the Twitter file and things like that has been refreshing to say the least. I mean, before him, the greatest influence I can think of probably is Joe Rogan. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Rogan has his ups and downs, but you can't deny his influence, his base. So, so I think all these reasons we outlined open the way for more acceptance of citizen journalism. Now, we want to come to this uh, final area and then we'll, we'll finish off this part. Is there room for citizen journalism in Malaysia? Why not? I mm. mean... I mean, we, we also interviewed David Tian, mm-hmm. our friend, who is basically, I mean, all about journalism. Yep, yep. Basically reporting 
certain things. Of course, there have been some shift in terms of how he previously reeled some news and then mm. how he presented it. And I think that's a good thing because we do need more people like him yep, yep. to basically... I mean, I mean, even like you and I, we could just start something off as well because obviously before we even come and do certain mm. recording, we need a lot of this research that yep, is yep. ongoing. So with this, I guess sometimes we... We just need people to just sort of like present it for mm. for people to just be interested at all to begin yep. to do research and then begin to who knows maybe there are gonna be more vigilant foxes in <laughs> Malaysia you know yeah yeah and, and I think it's really you know when you yes we, we we don't have the the traditional media backgrounds you know we don't have years of you know this writing that writing this award that award. But at the same time, look, I, I think if we are honest with what we do, I mean, we are very, very honest about our motivation. You know, we, we, we say, look, the, the, the baseline is we want to encourage people to pursue happiness, yep. to, to have the right to do that. And we're very upfront, we're against socialism, we're, we're against uh, big government. Marxism. Uh, Marxism. You know, we, we, we kind of put our cards out quite clearly. We're into the populist movement because we believe that, look, yeah, change, of course, can come from top down, but ultimately, it kind of go back to what Vigilant Ford said, right? There is no tyranny without compliance. So it's like, there is so much, and it just kind of bring me back to the series or episode we did on, on Sarawak, right? And, and people just kind of moaning and complaining about MA63. But I said, look, every single time the voters sent back the same government, they had to be responsible, full stop. And Thomas Jefferson famously say, the people deserve the government they get, get because yep. you voted them in. So I, I just kind of think back about all these things and, and, uh, and how people need to be responsible. But in order to do that, you need to be informed. You need to not comply you know, to the wrong things. And I, I think perhaps that's where citizen journalism can come in because they are not beholden to establishment. Yeah, I mean, it just sort of reminds me of like John Graves, mm. like just an average American, but then he's really just into about all this research and yep. then he begin to just have like voter information. Mm. How do you begin to vote for the governor that you, you prefer? Yep, yep. Uh, like those sort of information, I think there are rooms for us to begin to explore mm. as we begin to see a separation of like the voting patterns. I mean, because the last G15 People just basically vote for, I would say there has been a little bit of shift mm. from like rather than just for the greater good, like for the party, you begin yep. to even begin to see certain candidates that are more popular. Mm. And then that's because of what they did. I mean, for good, for worse. Yep, yep. So that's all sort of things. I think, I, I guess that's where Carrie Late mm. gained so much popularity and yep. gained so much support from mm -hmm. the grassroots. So I think we could begin to see that sort of, I mean, I could really begin to envision that there is that yep, sort of yep. um, rise of just basically more involvement from the people. Mm. Yeah, and, and this is actually nothing new from a historical point of view because I, I just think about the, the Roman Catholic Church prior <laughs> to Martin Luther, right? 15th century and, and the whole information was so controlled. The narrative was controlled. Remember at that time, uh, you can't even read the Bible unless you are a clergy. Yeah. And, and Martin Luther, of course, was one. And, and then he just, you know the whole story, right? And, and he came out to challenge some of the rules. 
And then the next thing was a revolution, a wildfire exploded. Now, undoubtedly, he received a lot of help from the, 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 the German princes and kings and things like that. But one of the things I, I want to allude it's really, and that's where we get a comparison with citizen journalism is the invention of printing press, Gutenberg, right? Yeah. And because in the past, it's like, how, how do you spread a news? You know, you, you write something, you put on the, the bulletin board. You know, that's why you get the term bulletin board uh, in, in a town hall. But then if people know that you are a revolutionist or things like that, they won't even allow you to be there. Yep. But with printing press, people don't need to come. The information goes out. And I think that is really, that represented citizen journalism of that era. And we have seen how the, the religious political revolutions, the results and impacts still resonate today. And, and that's interesting. But one more thing I want to talk about and then we're going to end already, is we also do have issue with low information voters, which we talk about. Now, I just want to remind you, every time you hear the word low information voter, we're not talking about low energy. We're not talking about low intellect. No, these people very often are very smart, uh, highly intellectual, but they are simply not engrossed in a new cycle. Like, like you and me, we are very engrossed. But I know some people will be like, whatever, whatever, you know, and, and they are extremely smart. However, because they are not into the news cycle, they become more susceptible to misinformation, would yep. you say? Yep. And now, now, I want to end with this because recently a very famous newswoman, Barbara Walters, just passed away, I think 93 years old. And, and by the way, she founded uh, the, the show, The View. Yeah. So I was just talking to Lanshi, do you know about The View? Then she said, ah, what's The View? And <laughs> they, they said, big over. And by the way, the, the view, is, and in America, they call that daytime TV talker. So it's a daytime when you have, I, I guess maybe the biggest audience are the housewife because they are not working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just at the kitchen, cutting the vegetable. <laughs> I don't know, do whatever you want <laughs> and watch it. Yeah. So New York Times calls it the most important political TV show. I think they have a daily viewer of about 2 million. Yet, just a few days ago, <laughs> 4th of January, 2023. New York Post. Now, New York Post, not to be confused with New York Times. <laughs> New York Post was censored by Twitter. Yep. Uh, Pseudo-conservative. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, here's the headline. The View is the biggest source of misinformation in America. Now, we're going to be very clear here. This is an opinion piece. It's not a news. So, so it's an opinion, but they do... They, whenever you give opinion, you have to try to persuade people. Yep. So it's like we, we say we don't like socialism and things. Like we, we try to give example why it's bad. Okay, so, so this writer, some of the evidence now, now the moderator of The View is Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, you, you know, she's quite famous actress and things like that. So she made many, many wrong and bad statements, including one on Holocaust, which she said it's not about race, it's not about the Jews. And there were so many complaints. Then she was forced to be on leave. I think she was forced to step down and at one point rumored that she would be removed from the show forever. But eventually she came back. Then another example, they say in 2022 alone, the show received 36 letter or letters of demand. <laughs> Factual errors, defamation. 36. It's like one every 10 days. It's <laughs> yeah. like what kind of organization, you know, even if you're the biggest corporate crew, you don't receive so many letters of demand a year. 
And the show has to issue countless apologies and you know, even clarification. Just some example, you know, January 6th incident, they say uh, Ivanka Trump was there and they, they say they, they made many allegations against conservative like Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Just, just some example, you know. Yep. So they were just telling lies at their convenience. So so it's like those classic super arrogant media, you know, we, we will tell lie and then we will quickly retract. <laughs> so so wh- when we study the law of defamation, we will say there's a category of people who, who operate based on poison antidote. I just say something really, really hu- bad and then I'll say, oh, I'm just kidding. Or I, I'm say, oh, sorry, I apologize. You know, that kind of thing. So, so it's almost like a pattern for them and that's why these article now i never watched the view have you watched them before no not really not really right but i i know they have been like just in the news but but i want to end with this because this is a great example of how educated people smart people can somehow be influenced by this sort of outlier you know and i guess this is the reason why we need citizen journalism because when the media, for lack of a better word, they, I think they are pakating together. <laughs> Not doing their job. <laughs> yeah, and, and they, they, should be, they, they should be highlighting, they, they should be dissenting because that's what media was all about. And they are just not doing their job, I think. So, yeah, I, 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 I believe, I mean, to conclude, I really can see that, you know, we, we used to have Malaysia Insider, Malaysia Kini, you know, these were considered the outlier. Yeah. But unfortunately, they have become fairly one-dimensional. I mean, I'm being very respectful here. You know, one-dimensional, <laughs> I think. They, they have a certain propaganda and things like that. But we, we are not really... You know, especially during pandemic, I am very disappointed our media has not been stronger to hold our leaders accountable. Yep. We, we say that many, many times already. Even when Dr. Roland was here, and we're like, who, who else is like you? And he, he said, very few. But I really believe in this season when the implosion really, really happened, I, I think there's no way of covering up. And I, I think when Anthony Fauci is dropped into the deep end, there will be a shift. I, I really can foresee that in 2023. Yep. Okay, so I, I think we're done with, with part one and we'll be right back for part two where we want to talk about Vigilant thoughts again because we haven't really looked into his content, his video, so very interesting. Yep. So taking a short break and we'll be back. See you in a while. See you.